Hey guys, welcome back to the Couch Takes Podcast brought to you by Student Section Sports. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you have any comments, suggestions, or questions, be sure to DM us at Couch Takes on Instagram and at Couch underscore Takes on Twitter. Enjoy. Welcome back to Couch Takes. Here with Andrew on episode 24. And Andrew, I got to say, man, it's going by pretty quick. Seems like just the other day we started. Yeah, no, it's pretty wild. Um, episode 24, I feel like that's a big accomplishment for you and I. Um, Not a particularly round number, but 24 no. just seems kind of big, you know? Yeah, and I would say this is the sixth month mark, but... It's not because we did uh, two episodes in one week, one time. So next week's episode will be the six month anniversary of Couch Takes. Yeah, how freaking crazy is that, dude? We've been on for six, well, I mean, five months and three weeks right now. But next week is six months, dude. We're gonna get a cake. Um, if you want to pay for it, well, we'll get Jerry to pay for it. Jerry, Jerry, we'll get the cake. <laughs> God, at least we pay him to do something. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Well, I'll hey, I'll say this though. I am in a good mood today. Jerry got me some coffee. I mean, I've I'm doing good, dude. And it was all because of him surprising me with a cup of coffee. That's good, man. It's good to hear. Yeah, well, you have to pay him for something. Well, is that your favorite thing of the week? Is Jerry's coffee? Um, no. It is definitely not my favorite thing of the week, but it was very kind of Jerry. Um, I got a couple things to say about my favorite thing of the week, I think. Hit me with so I'm excited. Because I didn't even think about this. Thursday, August 1st, is the NFL Hall of Fame game, which I don't really care about. But that does mark football is back. It's coming back. We're excited, which that's what we're talking about today is football. So I'm really excited about that. But I've also, I guess, instead of like a favorite thing of the week, have you ever seen the movie um, Interstellar? Yeah, one time like five years ago. I don't remember it at all. I just watched it for the first time like three days ago. And? Um, it was, it was okay. It was pretty good. Um, Matthew McConaughey, you know, he was pretty good. He's, I think that honestly, I think he's always been famous, but like, I've just never understood why. Cause I can't really think of that many movies where he's just like the all out star, you know? Um, Interstellar is like the, like one of the first ones I've seen where uh, he was like the main, main guy, you know? So I've always kind of wondered why he was like so popular, but I mean, he's pretty good. Um, I he's give, charismatic. He really is. Yeah, no, he is, but. It's just like he's never been like the lead guy, it seems like, except for like a few movies. And I feel like this is his biggest movie. I mean, someone can like DM us or like let us know if I'm wrong. But like, I feel like this is definitely his biggest movie. Well, maybe it's just the roles that he takes, like the mm-hmm. genres of movies that yeah. I just don't see it. But I've maybe hardly ever seen a movie with him. And I saw one movie where I'm he saying. was like a he was like a treasure hunter or something in like oh, Sahara. Africa. Yeah, that's a good yeah. movie. That's a yeah. good movie. Okay, I'm glad I'm glad someone remembers that because I, well, I thought it was pretty good. It did horrible critically, from what yeah. I understand. But it's like you know, a fan, I guess. It was a pretty good movie. I enjoyed watching it. Oh yeah, but I have no we've talked about it before. I'm very easily entertained, so it's not that hard to make me say you have a good movie. Oh, same here. And speaking of which, I just watched all of uh, Stranger Things three. Oh, dude! Over the weekend, yes, yes. And, it, and this is what I'll say about easily entertained. I know a lot of people just straight up didn't like that season. I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah, I didn't think it was that bad either. I don't understand why people didn't like it. I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything because it's only been out a month, but I get why people wouldn't like the ending, but I thought the way that that happened didn't make it as hard. You know what I mean? Well, did you watch the post credit scene at the end? 
Did I? Are you talking about the three months later thing? Uh, I don't remember if it said three months later or not. It's the thing with the prison. That's not like. Oh, no, no, anything. no. I didn't see that. I have to go back Dude, and watch it. You didn't watch that? Post credit scene. Uh, it, the, pr- on the last episode, um, after like everything happens, it like goes to a prison in Russia. And I can't really say any more without revealing it. Yeah, so okay, you didn't that, watch yeah, that. that's fine. Don't say anything. I'll, I'll have to go back and watch it. Dude, oh, the credits dude, roll. That I'm changes out. everything. That changes everything. I'm okay. being dead serious. It, it'll change everything of what you think about that season, I think, because it opens up for like a great next season, I feel like. All right, I enjoyed all it, right. I'll have to I go back it. and watch. I'll let you know what I think next week, I guess. Yeah, I'm glad you but, liked it, though, for the most part. At least it sounds like you did. Oh, yeah. I had. A, I mean, I watched it all in two days, so I enjoyed yeah, something I about too. it. Yeah, no, it took me two days to watch it, too. It was really good. So, anyway. um, so that was your favorite thing of the week, Interstellar? <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I didn't even give it a, a rating. Um, How many all rights out of uh, out of ten? That's that's a good one. Um, I will give it seven and a half. All right, all right. I'll give okay. it that. I seven think that's pretty good. Was that a good impression? It was. Yeah, pretty all close. Right, I'd say. All right. I think that was about as close as it's gonna get. Sounds good to me, man. Uh, for my favorite thing of the week, dude, it's just straightforward. I finished my summer class. It's the oh, last man. class I got to take in college. I'm sore and hot. Dude, right dude now, that's Andrew. exciting. Yeah. I, I finished mine tomorrow. Dude, that was easily the hardest online class I've ever had to take. What was it? You know, research methods. And, oh, you know, yeah. I've, no, I've mentioned dude. it before. It's just, it's just boring. Like, yeah, that's not like, ever... How do you do that online? What is that? It's essentially learning how to research using okay. academic articles and all of this and yeah. doing your own research and then applying that and writing your own research like in a in an academic journal, you know. But okay. to do this, you have to read a lot of other people's peer-reviewed academic journals and I don't know if you've ever read those, not no. the uh, most entertaining reads. Very informational, but it's one of the, it's that type of thing where it's so informational, it's so much to take in that you just it kind of goes straight over your head. You know what I mean? You just have to slowly sit there and break it down. Yeah. So like, how did the assignments work? Like, what did you have to do to get grades? Uh, I did two annotated bibliographies where I had to find a bunch of different sources and I had to write 150 words about each, which isn't a big deal individually, but you know, it adds up. Yeah. That's not fun at all. Then I had a huge research paper. I had to do a literature review, which was like four pages. And then, but it's like, uh, this doesn't all sound like a lot. It's just, this was completely new to me, which is the only reason it was hard. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. See, I've done annotated bibliographies before, and dude, those are no joke. They're not fun at all. Nope. It's nope. awful. I So I feel for you, and I didn't it, realize you were having to do stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I've been doing this all summer. It sucked. But, Dang, um, dude. I mean, it really wouldn't be a problem if I didn't have a job and I didn't do this podcast and everything. It was just all of that together just kind of meant like I was busy pretty much every yeah. day doing something Yeah, no, you, you've you know? had a lot on your plate this summer. Thank you, Andrew, for relating. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I'm happy we're doing it, though. I'm happy you've powered through it. That's exciting that you're done. Um, but be praying for me, because tomorrow I take my final for my summer class. So, <laughs> And I have to drive like an hour and a yeah. half away to okay. go do it. You told me about this, because we're recording a day early because of this. Yeah. Why, why are you having to drive to a different city to take a final? Because I'm not taking the class. It's an online class, but you have to be in person to take the final. Yeah. And so... I'm not taking it at UA. I'm taking oh. it at a different university, and then the credit is just going to transfer over after I take my final to UA. Okay, I got you. Yeah, because so I, I thought you were taking this through UA, so I was like, 
No. Why are you going to Hoover if you're in Tuscaloosa? Blah blah blah. You know. Well, so. it, it was. It's a lot cheaper to take it at the university I'm taking it at. Oh, absolutely. So I was just like, well, I mean, if it's an online class, I mean, I don't mind driving an hour and a half to take. Like, it's just one day. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. it's not going to kill me. Hopefully, I pass. So, we'll see how it goes. Well, good luck, man. I appreciate it. So, um, before we get started today on the main topic, which you probably know if you're listening to this because you've already read the title, I'm assuming. Um, we have a pretty good listener question that has nothing to do with today's topic, but we decided <laughs> that we'd go ahead and do it. That way we could really focus in on what we want to talk about today. So today's listener question is, what are the best and worst of the classic cereals, which me and Trey both decided like we'd just say our favorite cereals. And then I'm just going to give like one, the worst cereal in my opinion. Um, and I also have a honorable mention, but Trey, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, see, I'm not the biggest cereal guy. And as a matter of fact, you'll probably hate me for this because I like a lot of the boring cereals. That's okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I like. I have some boring cereals I like. I mean, like, my favorites are, like, Frosted Mini Wheats and, like, Honey Nut Cheerios, oh, snap, Frosted dude. Flakes, stuff hey, like that. one of those is in my top five, so. what? Which one is that? Honey Nut Cheerios, bro. Oh, yeah, those things are the bomb, man. Are good. Oh, yeah, they are really good. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, I'm not the biggest cereal guy, so that's about the extent of what I eat because it's like, to me, I have to be in a mood to eat it. And I've said this a million times, sweet food in the morning, it's not my forte. You know what I mean? Like, I enjoy cereal yeah. at night, as weird as that See, is. See, I'm the, I'm the exact opposite. I love breakfast food, sweet, not sweet, waffles, pancakes, cereal, all that stuff, dude. I'm all about it. Yeah, so because of that, I was never really big on it. As far as like bad goes, I, I mean, to me, it's again, it's because I'm not big on cereal, but I don't really have any that I straight up hate. Mm -hmm. To me, it's just either like it's either it's, a, it's either all right or it's above average. So that's what I'm going to eat, you know, but yeah, I feel you. I don't know. Probably something that's like overly sugary, um, like tricks. I never thought tricks was that good. Yeah, tricks are average. They're all right. So I don't really have anything bad to say about that. What about you? All right, so I definitely have like a Mount Rushmore of cereals <laughs> in my mind. And I will tell you this before, um, well, I'll get to it at the end. Never mind. So this is no order except, well, I will tell you my number one favorite cereal without a doubt is definitely um, Fruity Pebbles, but the off-brand version, Fruity the Dino, Dino Bites. Yeah, the Dino Bites. Fruity yeah. Dino Bites are so much better than the regular Fruity Pebbles. I'm telling you, if you haven't tried it, dude, no, I've the had best it. cereal. And you're the right, best they cereal. are. Yeah, so that's definitely my number one, but then the rest, I'm not going to rank because I don't really know. So the other four are definitely Honey Nut Cheerios, uh, probably Cocoa Dino Bites, the other one. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, I want to say Frosted Mini Wheats, but I really want to say, um, crap, dude, what's it called? Um, Honey Bunches of Oats. That's got to be in my top five. So that's four. Um, number five... Maybe uh, I'll say um, frosted mini wheats. I'm okay with that. Okay. Good. And by far, without a doubt, the worst cereal that is considered like a popular cereal that I've never understood is Lucky Charms. Dude, those things <laughs> taste like straight up cardboard with or without the marshmallows. They're terrible. Look, that, the marshmallows are the only redeeming quality. Those things yeah, are but good, so but you're right. 
You're right. It's the worst cereal that I've ever like that I would consider like a popular cereal, like a classic. I don't I've never understood why people like it. But I do have an honorable mention for my best and it is Frosted Flakes. And the only reason it's not in my top five is because I love Frosted Flakes. I like the flavor and everything, but I can't eat them because those do, dude, they tear me up like none other. Like I can cereal not mess eat Frosted up, Flakes. Man. I don't know, dude. I'm telling you, I get sick every time I eat them, but I like, honestly, sometimes I'm like, it's worth it. Dude, they're, they're really good. Yeah, I love Frosted Flakes, but that's the reason I put them in my honorable mention because none of those other cereals tear up my stomach like that. I don't know what it is. I genuinely have no idea what it is about Frosted Flakes, but they tear me up big time. So anyway, well, there that's it mine. is. Couch that's takes my favorite Rushmore. cereal. Yeah. Yep. I thought that was a pretty good question for real, though. So why don't we just jump right in? Uh, we decided we were just going to make this whole episode just a college football preview and give you our collective top 25 power rankings going into the season. Yep. You can so, call it whatever you want to. CTP top 25 college football top 25 you know preseason rankings whatever you want to call it but we got them for you here the definitive top 25 going into the 2019 college football season are you ready for it so Trey that was for you you didn't even answer <laughs> oh okay I thought you were asking them but well hey, them too okay. them too now listen the way we're gonna do this is we're just gonna break it down five at a time and then just kind of explain to you our rankings pretty straightforward so, yeah. Andrew, you want to start at the top? I will start at the top. And um, I think it, I, I could see it maybe like people disagreeing with us, but I don't I don't think the top five is very arguable. It's just maybe what order you want them to be in. You know what I mean? Right. So coming in at number one, we've got the Clemson Tigers, the reigning national champions. Uh, number two, Bama, obviously. Those have got to be the top two teams. I think in both of our opinions, they have separated themselves from the rest of college football. Yeah, I still think so. I think yeah, absolutely. the next three that we're about to mention is, I think that this is where it gets they're right up there and they could easily win it. But mm -hmm. yeah, I think if you just, just on paper, Clemson and Alabama are just, and that's not a hot take. You've heard that from everybody in the world, but yeah. everyone is right, you know? Yeah. And I will say, I firmly believe Maybe besides one of these teams that we're about to mention, they all have an opportunity to win the national championship. I believe all five of our top five has the opportunity, but there is one of them I don't really believe will. Continue. But anyway, then. yeah, continue. Number three, Georgia. Obviously, four. This is where it gets wishy-washy for some people. Oklahoma, number five, Ohio State. Now, I think we came to this conclusion because Ohio State, yeah, incredibly talented team. You know, I'm, it hasn't been mentioned yet, but we're just assuming probably Justin Fields is going to be the starting quarterback, right? I mean, I would assume, right? He's got to be. I would think so. He's probably one of the best athletes on the team now that he's transferred from Georgia. Um, but they are going into a new head coach, uh, Coach Day, Ryan Day. Um, I don't really know how he's going to be. I don't really know much about this team now that everything has changed with Urban Meyer being gone. And Oklahoma's coming in with some stability. They're coming in with a new quarterback who has proven that he can win football games, Jalen Hurts from Alabama. And, I mean, they've got the same coaching staff. I think the only thing that's going to be their crimsonite, just like every other year, is going to be the defense. We don't know how the defenses are going to perform, but obviously in years past, the offense has been so freaking stellar that they've made the playoff anyway. 
Okay, this is all I'm going to say about the order between four and five, because I think these two teams are actually pretty close in terms of talent. I think talent. so, too. Yeah, I think so, um, too. I do think Ohio State's going to have a better defense because that's just the style of play for the Big Ten as compared to the Big 12. But it's just coaching staff. I just feel more yeah. comfortable with Lincoln Riley because he is a proven head coach mm-hmm. at this point. And Urban nothing winner. against Coach Day. It's just when you're transitioning from one coach into another, especially a coach like Urban Meyer, who, regardless of what you think of him, was a great coach. Um, just going into another coach is that's it causes problems when you have to learn a new offense and a new, a new defense and whatever. So mm-hmm. it depends on how that coach handles the transition. So I feel more comfortable putting Oklahoma above Ohio State for that reason. Yeah, and I think you perfectly described what our mindset was like as a couch takes team when we were making this. That was literally our mindset. Like, well, you know, Ohio State might very well be a better team, but right now we just feel more comfortable with Oklahoma just because coaching staff and they've already proven that they can win with this team, you know? Right. So anyway, moving on, Trey, do you want to say the next five? Sure. So I'm just going to blast you with these. The next five, six through ten is LSU, Texas A&M, Texas, Florida, and Oregon. Mm Mm-hmm. A whole lot of SEC. Yeah, a whole lot of SEC. Um, I think this one, me and Trey both were kind of comfortable with making this list. Like there were like, yeah, like I've said earlier, all of these maybe you could move people around like a spot or two, but this is where we felt comfortable because we firmly believe LSU is going to be one of the best teams in the SEC. We strongly believe that they're going to make a good case for uh for Alabama trying to beat Alabama, but I mean I don't think it's gonna happen. But it's very, they very well could come in second place in the West. Um, Texas A&M, they're going to be strong coming in. Also, they got Kellen Mond. Um, I think it's I think second place in the West is easily going to be between LSU and Texas A&M. Do you agree with that? Oh yeah, no doubt. I think I think that's definitely where it's going to be at. Uh, the remaining unless ones, Texas, just, unless something massive happens and LSU or Texas A&M upsets Alabama, um, but LSU is playing in Tuscaloosa this year, and I th- Alabama yeah. are they on the road against A&M this year? They are, yeah, they are in uh, Aggie Land. Yeah, so if anything, I think A and M has a better chance simply because of the uh, the venue. But I think second place is between those two teams. Well, I will say the downfall of A and M is going to be their schedule, dude. They play Bama, Georgia, and Clemson. Yeah, bro, that's going to be rough. And obviously, they play LSU too because they're in the West. That is going to be a rough schedule. Um, and but I Auburn. think they could. And Auburn, yeah, shoot, dude. I think they can do it, but it's going to be rough, dude. They're going to yeah. have a hard time. I do believe in uh, Jimbo Fisher. I think he's a good coach. I think if you don't agree with that, that's fine. But yeah, I think he's. And I want to break something down real quick. I just want to say that these are power rankings, so this is not necessarily where we think they're going to end up. But I think L- I think A and M probably has a better team than many many other teams, but they also have one of the hardest schedules in the country. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so it's the record be might not ridiculous. reflect who they are. Um, but also yeah. the reason they're so high, at least for me, was again coaching staff. I believe in Jimbo Fisher. I think he's a great coach. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. And so closing out this five, I think we put Texas and Texas A and M super close. And this was actually something me and Trey argued about a little bit. We were like, well, because to me, I was like, well, maybe we could put Texas going over Texas A and M because they they're coming off a huge Sugar Bowl win versus Georgia. They got Sam Ellinger coming back, but I think in the end we both decided like, yeah, maybe Texas A and M is more solid all the way around. Mike, I think maybe you could make that argument. And then number nine, Florida coming off a huge win versus Michigan. Oh my goodness, what a butt whipping! And then Oregon, we've talked about this before, dude. Justin Herbert. 
I'm excited to see where he's going to be. I think he has a very great case by the end of the season to be a Heisman finalist. And uh, we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah, and I've been saying it for the last 20 minutes, but coaching is everything. And I still, to this day, believe that Dan Mullen is one of the best coaches in college football. Okay. That's why, like, for me, that's why Florida's top 10. They have the talent to be there anyway, but Dan Mullen just solidifies it for me. Yeah, Dan Mullen is a heck of a coach. And I think, like we said, this isn't where we think it's going to end up at the end. This is where we think it should start out at. And, like, coaching, Florida and Georgia, dude, both have incredible coaching staffs. Both have a lot of talent on the roster. There's no telling what's going to happen in that game. I've already talked about it before. I do think Georgia is going to win that game, maybe even pretty handedly. Trey disagrees with me, but I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see where those two teams end up specifically in the SEC East. Who knows, man? Who knows? It's going to be a wild ride this year because I think the SEC, for for first time in a few years, isn't so top-heavy. I mean, obviously you have Alabama on that end, but I think in the middle there, there's so much that could happen. Who knows, man? Yeah, both sides too, East and West. This is first time in a while that we've got you know great teams on both sides it could go anyway it really could but Mm -hmm. uh trey do you want to listen at next five sure thing man uh so our next five 11 through 15 we have michigan washington notre dame penn state and wisconsin went from sec straight into big 10 andrew what do you think um i think a big part of that is we do both believe that the sec is better than the Big Ten. I think you can't really argue too much with that. But, um, you know, we got Pac-12 represented with Washington. And I do believe Washington's going to make a run for the um, college football playoff, dude. I really so? do. Yeah, I mean, they got Jacob Eason uh, out of Georgia transferring. This is going to be his first year uh, starting. I think he's going to be pretty good. Uh, their defense is always stellar, dude. Chris Peterson is such a good coach. So yeah, when we uh, when we picked our dark horses like ten weeks ago, I said Washington. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see what Jacob Eason can do in that Washington yeah. offense. I think we both mentioned Washington. I think we're both excited about this team. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, Notre Dame coming off of a college football playoff berth. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, they're going to have a good squad. Um, I mean, there's not really a lot you can say about it besides they got good quarterbacks coming in. But Brandon Wimbush, I think he's probably going to be the starter coming into the season. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong, but I think it will be Brandon Wimbush. Um, I'm excited to see that team with Brian Kelly still at the head coaching position. I think he's a great coach, too. I think he's a little bit underrated, and I do wish they were in a conference. I think that'd be a little bit more fair. Yeah, but we'll Ian see Book how is the goes. quarterback, by the way. I thought he left. I thought he graduated. No, he's returning. Oh, my bad. Okay, never mind yeah, then. Brandon our- Wimbish will be the backup. My bad. That's where the notes come in handy. Yeah, thank you for uh, fact-checking me right there. I appreciate that. And then at number 15, uh, closing out this five, um, I think a big point of that was Jonathan uh, Taylor. Dude, this guy is a stout running back. I like him a lot. Um, I don't know. I don't think there's really a lot you can say other than that, dude. I think I mean, this he led the FBS really last year. Yeah, I think he's going to be really good. Maybe even another Heisman finalist right there for Wisconsin. Never And Wisconsin, kind of like Alabama, is always putting out running backs, man. Always, dude. They are good. I really like them a lot. But I I don't don't think they're going to win a natty or anything like that. Yeah, they went straight from Monte Ball into Melvin Gordon. Now they're at Jonathan Taylor right now. I mean, that's a pretty good good stretch. Yeah, it really is. So, um, 
I think that was our reasoning for that five. Uh, the next five, we got Utah, Iowa, UCF, Northwestern, and at number 20, Auburn. Yeah, and I think at this point, that's where you can kind of, this is where the larger disagreements may come because at the top, I feel like things are pretty solidified. And the further you go down, and it's, and I don't know how they do this, especially because they have every team ranked, not just the top 25. It's like, how do you determine really who's better than another without seeing them play, you know? Yeah, that's the hardest part about college football. There's no preseason, even though preseason in the NFL is not very exciting. But, I mean, it still serves a purpose, you know? Yeah, like it gives you, you an idea of where you roster. are. Yeah, like you just said, it gives you an idea of where you are. Uh, solidify the roster, know who's going where. Um, so I think that's really important and we don't get that in college football, which I'm glad we don't get that in college football. I think it makes it exciting just going straight into the season. I love that. But so like Trey said, that does make it really difficult, especially when you get down to the bottom. But, um, I think we feel pretty good about this. Um, Auburn at number 20, I think it's kind of difficult for me to see where Auburn's going to be, especially with they're going to have a new quarterback, which I don't know who's going to be the starter, but just my gut is probably Bo Nix. I think he's the best quarterback on the team. Uh, they don't have Jared Sidham anymore. He's gone. I think Bo Nix, true freshman coming in from Pinson Valley High School. Dude, this guy might be pretty good. He really might be, and I think he's probably going to start. He might not start the season at the starter, but I do think he's going to work his it? way there. Yeah, I think at the end of the season it's going to be Bo Nix. But, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if he started out the season too. And Utah – uh, we had them at 16. Uh, they're coming off a good season for their standards, and you know we got them pretty high up there. They do have to replace, I think it's uh, three of their offensive linemen. Yeah, and you know, I mean, that might not sound like a big deal, but your offensive line is your whole team, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're only as good as they allow you to be. So that ranking is completely dependent on how they fill those holes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if it works out well for them, then they'll be okay. Yeah, and um. I think it's kind of hard with Iowa losing their two huge tight ends, and that's why we put them at 17. I think Iowa's going to be a talented team, but losing talent like that makes it a little bit difficult, and uh, I'm not really sure what's going to become of Iowa because Iowa's in the past. Like, dude, they beat Ohio State. They've got great defense. They're known for their uh, tight ends, nitty-gritty football. So I'm excited to see this team. I just don't know what's going to happen after losing two, probably the top two best tight ends in college football last year and losing them both. Man, I will say Iowa and Iowa State, between those two teams, they're good for at least one upset a year. Oh, yeah, absolutely, a dude. Absolutely. And uh, Noah Font, I believe it was Font that was a huge role. He played a huge role in beating Ohio State bad two years ago. Mm-hmm. I think Noah Font was probably the MVP of that game, in my opinion, dude. He went baller on that game. So, like I said, he's gone now. Uh, TJ Hawkinson's gone. Um, I don't know what's going to become of this team, but I like Iowa despite anything, any of that. Uh, and then we had UCF at 18. I mean, I th- I, we've seen other polls that had them higher, but, you know, me and Andrew weren't necessarily huge believers in that. But at the same time, Mackenzie Milton should be coming back. He's a great quarterback, so we'll see what they can do. Um, I would just like to see a little more out of that team. And I don't mean like, it's not like they're not doing enough. It's they're not doing it against the right competition. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I would plus, like to see them against some more stout competition. Well, and then, then you I'd see be, it, you can go, my bad. No, I was just saying, like, you're, I mean, you're probably thinking the same exact thing. Um, they did whoop up on Auburn, but that was also two years ago at this point. 
Yeah, and I wouldn't even say they whipped up on them either. I mean, it was a pretty good game. It came down to the wire, didn't it? Yeah, and they, and they barely lost to LSU this this past season. Yeah, and that was with their quarterback being gone. Right. Mackenzie so, Milton, and that's my biggest question mark, I guess, coming into the season is I'm pretty positive Mackenzie Milton's not going to be ready at the start of the season. From what we've read, he is not coming back. He might come back, you know, mid-season, but by that point, starter the starters are going to be set. No telling whether he'll just be able to take his job back. Um, well, I really that's just a huge question mark surrounding Milton. Yeah, Mackenzie Milton is the man, no doubt, or at least he was before he got hurt, because you know no one can know how you're going to respond to an injury. But it's not like the backup played bad either. I still think they scored like thirty something points on LSU, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, and then um, who's? Oh, I think it's I don't know how to pronounce his name though. I think the quarterback battle is probably going to be between um, Quadri Jones. Oh, and I'm such an idiot. I forgot that Brandon Woodenbush transferred, dude. Mm-hmm. He's at UCF now. I'm so stupid. I said Brandon Woodenbush earlier. Brandon Woodenbush is now at UCF. Now I'm all caught up. I'm, I confused myself. Anyway, I think it's going to come down to those two. Um, I don't know. Daryl Mag Jr. is pretty good. Maybe he'll take the starting spot. Like I honestly have no idea who's going to take the spot, especially with Milton being out. That's going to be an interesting story this year because you know how they've been the last two years just completely dominant yeah. against the competition they played. Yeah, but, the competition that they play. Mm-hmm. But uh, just to see how they can actually respond to real adversity here, that's what I'm excited to see. Yeah, no, I am too. Um, I think this is definitely going to be a team. Watch out for it. I have no idea what's going to happen with them, but like you said, interesting team. Watch out for it. All right, you ready to move on? to yeah, the last on. in our top 25. Yep, so the last five, Michigan State, Virginia Tech, Missouri, Syracuse, and closing out our top 25 is Army. Yeah, I just want to start with Army real quick because there's okay. just something about the uh, the Armed Forces games that I just love. Maybe it's the triple option, I don't know. But I was very happy to put them at 25 because I love watching those games. I watch the Army-Navy game every year. Yeah. Um, but they're coming off an 11-win season, and they're Which retaining most every starter that they had last year. Yeah, that's huge, dude. For Army to come off an 11-win season, there's no telling what they'll be able to accomplish this year. Oh, yeah. So I'm rooting for them. I hope they do well. Yeah, me too. Um, Michigan State, I mean, you got a great coach. You got a great team, probably a pretty good defense. I think they'll probably come in third in their division, if I'm being honest with you. But I do think they'll finish out the season top 25. Uh, Missouri, I mean, Kelly that's Bryant. Most, oh, yeah, that's the most interesting I mean, one here because yeah. of Kelly Bryant. What's he going to come in and bring this team? You no know? telling, dude. Yeah, coming out of Clemson, this will be his first year at Missouri uh, to play. I really don't know, dude. I think he'll be pretty good. I think Missouri will probably be top 25, and they'll probably finish third in the East, I believe. I okay. think so, at least. I think that's fair to say, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if things start going bad and then things go from bad to worse for Missouri. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I like understand maybe, that. I mean, they have to maybe play some Brian tough competition. Will, yeah, maybe maybe Kelly Bryant like crumbles under the pressure. I don't know. We haven't. We only saw one season of him, and he had, you know, like an all-decade team around him. You know. That's true. Yeah. I mean, he did make it to the college football playoff. Um, he kind of laid an egg in that game, but he was also playing the eventual national champions. So, yeah. So, I mean, there's no telling what's going to happen with Missouri. They could be a dark horse. I don't know. I don't think they will be, but I do feel comfortable putting them in my top 25. Oh, yeah. That works. And then Syracuse, uh, the last team I guess we were really going to talk about. 
Um, this one was kind of difficult for us, uh, these last few spots, but I think we feel comfortable with Syracuse. I mean, they were literally one game away from finishing above Clemson. Like Clemson was the only team that they were under last year and they almost beat Clemson, which would be insane if they would have been in the ACC championship instead of Clemson. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they've got a good team still. Um, I mean, was it uh, Tommy DeVito is the quarterback? They lost their quarterback, so we're assuming it's probably going to be Tommy DeVito, right? Yeah, Tommy DeVito is the one who's expected to be the starter. Yeah. And um, so, I don't know, honestly, dude. I mean, if he can fill the role of Eric Dungy, then they'll continue to be this dark horse team like they have been for the past few seasons. Again, Syracuse yeah. is another one of those teams, always good for uh, an upset every few years. I'd like to see yep. more out of them because uh, I think they, I don't know, I don't know what it is about Syracuse. They're just one of those teams I kind of lean towards to root for. And maybe it's just because they're not really respected in terms of college football, you know? Yeah. I mean, they're more, people usually recognize Syracuse with basketball. Exactly. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I just lean towards them for that reason. But Well, hey, be watching out for it. September 14th, beginning of the season, dude. Clemson is traveling to the Big Orange. I think you got a good game there. If Syracuse does what we think they can do, what yep. they have done in the past... I think you've got a good game right there, believe it or not. I know yeah, a lot Syracuse of people don't has like to do that. Syracuse has come close against but, uh, Clemson these last few years. I mean, they beat Deshaun Watson uh, three years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, dude, I'm telling you, people are probably thinking we're crazy, but I mean, they've already done it. They almost did it again last year. There's no telling what's going to happen this year, especially Clemson being on the road at Syracuse. That's where it happened last time. Um, I think I think you got to give Syracuse some credit for that, dude. I think most of their team is coming back besides the quarterback position. And like we said, we already know that this guy is going to be the quarterback, so there's no telling what's going to happen. So is that your pick for your watch-out game for week one? I think you should watch for that game. Um, I don't – it's not the first game of the season. I don't know. Who would you say is the watch-out game in the first week? Uh, first – dude, I'm not great with schedules, man. I couldn't tell you who plays week one. Um. But just in general, there are a yeah. few games that are going to be exciting to watch. I mean, obviously for me, I said it a few weeks ago, Florida and Georgia, that's what I'm looking forward to all season. But okay. obviously that's later. Well, dude, um, Miami and Florida play in the first season. That'll be, or excuse me, the first week, not the first season. That'll be yeah. a pretty good game to watch out for. Oh, for um, sure. Clemson and Georgia Tech. Clemson's probably going to dominate Georgia Tech, dude. Um, there's not like... A crazy amount of just watch out games. Believe it or not, there's quite a few more in the second week than there is in the first week. Uh, give them to me, man. Yeah. So, you know, week one, you got Houston and Oklahoma playing, Notre Dame and Louisville, uh, Fresno State, USC, which I think could be a surprise one. Um, Auburn and Oregon, dude, that'll be fun. Uh, Georgia is probably going to dominate Vandy, maybe Virginia and Pittsburgh. But as far as for week two goes, I mean, you got Rutgers and Iowa, which, believe it or not, I think will be a pretty good game. Dude, West Virginia and Missouri, which we've already talked about. Dude, Missouri, Kelly Bryant, West Virginia, they lost their quarterback, um, but I think they'll be pretty good. Um, was it Greer, Will Greer? Excuse me. Yeah, almost said Nash. Almost said Nash Greer. <laughs> um, but I think that'll Long be one. a pretty good game. Um, I don't know, dude. You got some pretty good games coming out of that. Um Going okay. back to week one, that Auburn-Oregon thing, mm -hmm. that's going to be a great test to see where Justin Herbert is along with the rest yeah. of that Oregon team. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I think, no doubt, they have the talent to beat Auburn. 
but it's just how they respond on the field. Week one, no prep. Let's go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, also, dude, week two, LSU and Texas, brah. That's that's a game, man. California and Washington, not as big, but I think that's a pretty good game. And Stanford and USC, which I am actually pretty excited to see. Oh, yeah. Because Stanford and USC are those Pac-12 teams that aren't necessarily like Pac-12 style teams. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. They play more of like a power, like an NFL style. Yeah. And I love to see that. Like, they're the true West Coast offense, no pun intended. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Um, Like I said, week one, we got Houston, Oklahoma. Watch out for that, dude. That'll be exciting because, I mean, dude, Houston's defense, Jalen Hurts' first game. I mean, it's in Norman, bruh. It's going to be pretty wild. I'm I don't know. super excited, I'm excited to see how Jalen responds with a completely different offense. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see it. I don't know what's going to happen, but I am excited about it. I think I've already said in the past, I don't know if I think he's going to stand out like people expect him to, especially maybe not in the beginning. But even at Alabama, I think Jalen Hurts was surrounded by such incredible talent that it kind of masks some of his weaknesses sometimes. And people were just like, oh my gosh, dude, he's been to two straight natties. He went as a true freshman. But, dude, he had two of the greatest defenses of all time, especially his first year, dude. The mm-hmm. first year, that defense was one of the greatest college football defenses of all time. With that front seven, dude, oh my gosh. So I think it's – I don't know about Jalen Hurts. I'll be honest. I really don't. I've seen him play for three years at Alabama, and I still don't know well, what to make of him. Um, for Jalen, I, I hope the best for him. I don't know Absolutely. how he's gonna. Yeah, I don't know how he's gonna respond with, with. I mean, because Oklahoma runs a very different offense, you know. Yeah, it it allows much more opportunity for passing. But if we're being honest, that was kind of his weakness at Alabama. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think his uh, his advantage was being able to run the option like a, like a read option because yeah. he kept the defense guessing because you know that they're not planning for that because it's Alabama. You know. Yeah. With Oklahoma, they might be it might be more predictable. Do you know what I'm saying? It might force him to throw the ball more than he already had to. So we'll get to see how much he's actually improved. Yeah, and notice a lot of people. I don't know if people know this or not. His by far his best season at Alabama was when Lane Kiffin was his coach. Oh yeah, or his offensive coordinator, dude. I mean, come on, dude. He did. He put up big numbers with that team. And yeah, they lost the Natty. But, dude, it was dang close. And I will say this, though. If you look at the national championship numbers for him in both games that he started, not good. Not good numbers at all. So I don't even know if he'll be able to. I mean, I've seen him step up like in one big game, dude. One time. I think I would say one time I've seen him step up. Which uh, Was that Georgia where he came in at half? Yeah, I would say the SEC championship where he didn't start would be the one where he really stepped up. Because all the other big games, I'd say like another one that comes to my mind was the LSU game in 16, his freshman year, when he ran in to uh, uh, to take the lead at the very end of the game. It was 0-0 all the way up to the fourth quarter, and then he got a touchdown oh, yeah. in the fourth. But he just, like we said earlier, he just relies on his legs. There was no passing to that. So, I don't know. Oklahoma's a pass-heavy offense. Lincoln Riley seems to think he's really got another huge one with this, but I don't know, dude. Yeah, man, it's just one of those things you just got to – we just got to wait and find out, you know? It's not much – to me, there's not much speculation you can do on this because it's just – you're going from one offense to a completely different one. Yeah, exactly. And it's not not like the NFL where you can curate or all all offenses are relatively the same, you know? So – 
Yeah. We'll see and how I it think, goes. I think it's a good thing that we did this list uh, this week's episode because, you know, football's coming back. Eventually, we're going to do an NFL episode, I'm sure. So stay tuned for that. Um, but I think it was just important to us because there's so many question marks and so many things, especially at the bottom of the top 25 that we just wanted to talk about, get out there, get people's opinions because we are super close to college football. I don't know if people realize that or not, but it's almost here. Yeah, man, and <laughs> I can't wait, man. And I'll be like on the sidelines for it this year, so I'm cool. Yeah, me too, dude. It's going to be exciting. Well, uh, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. We had a lot of fun making this list. So um, Yeah, it was really fun, actually. So yeah, let us know what you liked and disliked, whatever. Send us a DM at CouchTakes on Instagram at CouchTakes underscore. <laughs> dude, I messed that up bad. Yeah, that was bad. Blah, blah, at, blah. at Couch underscore Takes, you know what I mean, on Twitter. So let us know. DM and, us, bro. Uh, slide in slide on in Andrew you got anything else you want to say uh yeah just thank you so much for listening I hope you guys enjoyed like he said let us know what y'all think um if you've got any suggestions or questions or anything like that DM us or um if you just got something you want to say about our list and be like no I think you're wrong well we're not wrong so whatever no I'm just joking <laughs> but for real though let us know what you think uh I hope you guys have a great week and I can't wait to talk to you next week God bless see y'all